you've got to expect things are going to go wrong. And we always need to prepare ourselves for handling the unexpected. Neil Armstrong. My name is Thandor, and I enjoy walking in the woods. I'm Fezzik, and I love wandering the world. And then if we find orcs, great, we'll get to yeah. Well, I am Corin, a gnome with anger issues who spontaneously bursts into other animal forms uh, when things annoy him. It's just the point we tell Davey he's stuck with us forever. <laughs> <laughs> It's time to go back to Wayslot with me, Dungeon Master Dave, Seth, Chris, George, and Rachel as we explore Leaders and Legacies, a real play 5e audio podcast. What happens at, at, at dawn for you all? How do you guys break camp? Well, I had loaded up with all sorts of goodies when I went out to go check on them. So in this case, I pull out the plowman's breakfast that my wife had packed before we left. In this case, there are there's bread, there's some cheese, there's some apples, there are some loose grapes, uh, one or two bananas. Basically, it's just, you know, simple, simple fare that no one has to cook or pull together, but fairly easy to uh, eat and very little cleanup. Isaac, are you going to share your coffee? Yeah, I will. Even though I think Stanton's like the only one who really drinks it. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Welcome. I make the best coffee in town. You did. We should give a blessing before we eat. Absolutely. Bow our heads. Praise be to you, Jorb, with all your creatures, especially the defenseless creatures. And through them, give us light. Praise be to you, Jord, through Sister Moon and the Stars, Brother Wind, Sister Water, and Brother Fire. Very nice. Thank you. And about that time, Phil comes back over the hill. He doesn't seem fully together yet. I open the basket up and basically at this point let Phil finish off whatever's in there because he's going to anyway. <laughs> Yeah, he reaches down in and scoops up a whole handful of, <laughs> of stuff. And you can kind of see him eating it the same way someone might eat raisins or something. <laughs> Bandor will look at Phil and make the prayer sign to him. You see Phil, you know, he finishes sticking the food into his mouth. And then while he's chewing, he puts his hands together and, and kind of bows back at you. Thank you, Phil. How would you like to proceed uh, on getting back on Marcus's path? I think that we should take Corin's suggestion, ride a horse. Phil, can I ride on your back? You choose a giant over a horse? Like that's too much higher off the ground. It allows him to see further ahead. Might not be a bad idea if Phil's up to it. Andor, have you figured out how to, to speak with Phil? He only speaks giant and a little bit of, you know, this sign language you all have come up with. Phil, I would like to ride on your back. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, Sander, come here. <laughs> I go and I jump on Sander's back. <laughs> it's like a piggyback ride. I'm like, like this. 
So you see Phil attempt to climb on Thandor. <laughs> yeah, roll me a dexterity save, Chris, to see if you can get out uh, an opposed one, I guess, to see if he's quicker than you. All right, don't, don't worry about it, Chris. He rolled a natural one. That's okay, because I rolled a two. I got a three with my plus one. <laughs> I have my medical kit on standby. Yeah, so he just, you know, he kind of lumbers past you and you kind of, I guess, just move out of the way by accident. I will make signs. Thander will make signs for him to climb on Phil's back. Phil reaches down, cups his hands as if to kind of like lift you up. Are you going to climb in? Yes, I am. He slowly raises you up towards his shoulder. You know, he just kind of stands there with you on his shoulder. Phil and I are ready to go. Don't you wish we had a camera? That's such a selfie moment. <laughs> Stanton, what type of horse did you have? Did you just have like a little pony? I, I have I have my working pony, which in this place is a thoroughbred, but definitely halfling size. And behind me, I also have a small burrow that basically toted everything out in terms of supplies. So we have a way of carrying stuff and when things get far enough, we're at the point where I can, if I need to, return back home to the ranch. I just bring both horses back. Otherwise, I'll send the burrow home on, the, on her own. I mean, with someone in theory could have ridden the burrow. It just would require moving all the gear that I did carry just to keep us safe. But... No, no, I was more thinking if we need to travel fast, would the burrow be able to keep up? Let's just take the burrow on one more day. We'll see how things go, okay? So I basically scratch your scratch your between the ears, reassure, get back on the pony, and I you know, I have the lead for the burrow tied off the back of the saddle of the pony, so we're set. All right. Let's let's go He-Man this. I'm gonna go turn into my tiger form. Probably just scared the ever-living crap out of the burrow. Um <laughs> With an animal handling of eight, it's a 20. She's fine. All right, so I go tiger form, let the pheasant crawl on my back, and then uh, I take off trucking through the grass to where we believe Marcus's trail is. So, woohoo! You're looking for the gateway to the, of, of the gods. So, um, Dave, I've been all over these lands. Do I have a general idea? Can I roll to have a general idea of where it is? Maybe a half day's travel speed into the mountains. Um, other places are very impassable, steeper parts of the hills for various obstructions. And you, know, you, you think you know exactly where to head. Right. And since I'm also as a ranger, I have natural explorer. We wouldn't get lost unless we were magically lost as he stares at the amulet. All right. Yeah. Hey, I guess somebody roll, just one person roll me a 1d20. Okay, fine. I'll do it. 19. 19. Okay, yeah, you're able to move quickly this morning. It doesn't seem to be a lot in your path. You do come to a couple streams that you have to find a spot that looks a little bit better to cross over, but you know, no river crossings of any sort. You eventually notice that yeah, there's starts to be more groves of trees as you're getting up you know, towards the hills. And you know, that you can kind of see you know, off beyond the hills, the mountains there, so you know you're getting close. Somebody roll me another 1d20. 19. 19. Okay, yeah, with a 19. So you all are traveling, you know, what you think is quickly, and you realize, wow, you know, like just look at these landscapes. You see these fields of grasses kind of spilling out before you as you come in and out of groves of trees, and some of them sweep down around the valleys around these hills. 
and you know that, oh, yeah, this is a migratory path that you would be following that allows you to trust that very little doubt would be that you could come straight to the gateway to the gods. And in fact, as you approach the hills and they start to get rocky again, you, you know, see, yeah, probably about 300 feet up this giant archway that, you know, connects these two hills. And on the other side, it looks like there's a carving of a giant god on the other side, although it's only an illusion. It's just a rock formation that happens to, you know, to look like this, you know, paragon of divinity. This is cool, guys. I've never been here, but this is neat. It is something else. Does anybody recognize these sculptures, these carvings? If you want, roll, roll history on them or, or religion. 14. 15. 12. Okay, with the folks that rolled 14 or above, you know that this is called the face of Jord and that the edifice is a natural formation. It wasn't carved by any creature, you know, water or something eroded over time. And this is how it ended up looking. Um, and that actually, if you, you know, take 10 steps as you get closer to the, you know, the left or to the right, you can only see this head on as you're heading straight towards the gateway into the mount. It's somewhat of an optical illusion. It's a well-known wonder. Or is it or is it a divine creation of the gods? It could be that as well, yes. This is the face of Jord. I do remember this from school. Can we stop for a moment and let me? I would like to give an offering. Okay, describe uh, you know, how you uh, go about that. I'm assuming everyone will let you. Certainly. So Thandor will step, well, get down off of Phil, <laughs> um, walk over to Actually, let's deal with two things. Um, let's first give me an, uh, an acrobatics, um, no, an athletics check to see how well you were able to stay on, whether it was a rough ride or, you know, let's see how how you fared <laughs> riding a giant. 14. 14, okay, yeah, it, it was it was fairly solid ride. Yeah, so now give me an acrobatics to get off, see how you do on the dismount. 11. 11? Okay, you, you don't necessarily land in a hero pose, but you, know, you can you know, slide down his front and kind of stabilize yourself as you hit, as you hit the ground. Thandor will turn around and give Phil a thumbs up. Reaches and puts his index finger in front of it. <laughs> I will walk over to the, um, the carving, the natural carving, and... Um, yeah, and it's towering above you probably, it, it, you know, you would guess it's somewhere between 90 and 110 feet tall. And I will um, take out a stick of incense and burn it in, at, the, at the base of it. Okay, what are the rest of you going to do while he's doing this? I'm actually going to be working my way a little bit further down the trail and trying to find Marcus's scent. Okay, so you know, you're still in, in horse form, right? Or no, you're tiger form. I'm sorry. I have advantage on uh, uh, smell-based tracking. Okay, yeah. So I guess give me a, a survival check. And while he's doing that, I'm sitting atop him and using the height as an advantage to track. Okay, so yeah, both of you give me survival checks. Whopping 10 is the good one. 24. All right, Fezzik got a 24. What did you get, Goran? 
10. 10, okay. <laughs> That's right, you'd said 10. So yeah, Corin, yeah, there are so many creatures that have kind of been in through in this, in this area, passing deer, wolves. It's hard for you to make anything out. One of the things that you spot with your 24, Fezzik, is you see what probably... Yeah, maybe 300 yards off in the rock formations beyond the gateway, something move. I want to pat Corrin on the head and like wave in front of his eyes to stop. And I kind of like, you know, sit up taller to see if I can see a little bit better. I am hanging, I'm waiting with Thandor as he finishes his offering and basically just kind of keeping an eyeball on the area. You, you see it move again. You think whatever's up there is hiding in the rocks. That may be some sort of sentry or lookout post. All right, so I'm going to lean down and whisper in Corrin's ear, there's something in the rocks. It might be a person. So Corrin kind of crouches down on his paws. You kind of see the cattail twitching back and forth. I am going to stealth my way up the rock, like up the, the rock, incline. I want to try and see if I can climb my way up the cliffside uh, above the movement that she pointed to. Okay, and are you taking Fezzik with you? Well, I'm not kicking him off. Okay. <laughs> we can try. <laughs> All right, so you roll, I guess, stealth at disadvantage because you have a passenger. Oh, yeah, yeah forget that. That's a 10. Um... So do I just slide off of you as you just start to go up? Well, no, it just means I'm not very stealthy. I'm not very quiet because I'm trying to stay under you. Oh. As as you move up the rocks, you feel some slide out from underneath your feet. It's, you know, not necessarily the most stable of surfaces. So, yeah, st stealth was a nice try, but, you know, you realize it was probably an impossible task um, under the conditions. You hear what sounds like three individuals arguing, and this, I guess, would just be Fezzik and Corrin from up above. You hear three different voices, you know, and Cor uh, yes, Fezzik, it would be you that hears this. Um, you know, Corrin doesn't seem to be doing as well on his roles. <laughs> All right, so I kind of tap him again to freeze, and I'm going to try to just slide off of him and see if I can stealth on my own. Okay, so you, yeah, roll that stealth. 18. 18. Yeah, you move your way in. Creatures that are smaller than giant <laughs> cats, um, you know, can find footing a little easier here, apparently. You're able to make your way up. And, you know, how close do you want to get to this before you kind of, you know, are you going to try to get up and around and peek down? Are you going to kind of get up and peek in? Um... Whatever way I feel is I can get the best look. Like I want to kind of see what I'm looking at and get a better idea of what I'm hearing because I don't recognize the language, but it's like, well, maybe, maybe they're just too far away or maybe it's just too far away. I can't understand what they're saying. It might, might make it a little more clear to me. Yeah, based on the route that you think you can take up, you know, you think you've, if you kind of climb up a little bit to the left, you'll be able to look down um, and, and do so without them seeing or hearing you. When you finally get up into that position, when you look down, you see kind of three very short humanoid type creatures. They look like, you know, they have reddish skin. They have, you know, long dog-like faces and, you know, scaly bodies. 
Um, yeah, they seem to most fighting with each other, but you know, t- mostly to be quiet. Which they're not very successful at. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I can see what they are. So I'm going to back off. I know what they are. I'm going to back off and go back to the corner. And we're going to try to get back to the group. Meanwhile, as, as uh, Thandor is making his offering. Yep. So, yeah, Thandor, describe, describe this session that's happening. I'm just in quiet prayer. All right. And Stanton, what are you doing while he's in quiet prayer? You're still looking. My head's, my head's on a swivel. So, I mean, I'm. All right. You, you see your friend's head off and kind of, you know, attempt their way uh, up the side of you know, one of the hills. Right. Corin doesn't do so well. You see Fezzik go up and then come back, and you see them heading this way. What are you going to do? I'm basically, at this point, I'm waiting for them to come back to find out what's going on because they're coming back for a reason. They, they would have pressed on, or they, or they, we would have met them further down the trail. So there's a reason why they're coming back. Yep. Uh, Thandor, yeah, roll me a quick performance check on how well you do with this little ceremony. Do you want performance or religion? Uh, do yeah. Even though it's religion, it's a religious performance. So, eleven. Eleven with the performance. Okay, so yeah, you feel that when this wraps up, that you have at least satiated the 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 need for the gods to know that you're about to pass through their gate and that you you know can do so now you know safely without having you know disturbed or angered especially jord but you know any of the other gods that may claim this as 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 a gateway into this world from their world we are ready to go our friends are our friends for some reason are turning around and coming back let's find out what's going on yep so after about a minute or so they they arrive back with the the two of you um, Fezzik, I'll let you talk since, yeah, I guess we're still in cat form for Corin. Meow. <laughs> um, so Corin and I went ahead to see what we could see up the trail. And when you get over in a kind of point of direction, um, up in those rocks up there, there's actually a hidden hideout and there are three cobalt arguing stupidly amongst themselves to be quiet. <laughs> But they're hiding there waiting. I'm, I don't know if there's sentries for a certain spot or they're, you know, maybe um, uh, like, you know, see ahead party or they're going to try to jump us or whatever. But there's three cobalt up in there. So you're saying, are you saying they're up in the rocks? Were they above you on the trail there? Were you above them? How did you see them? They were above us. We ha- I had to climb up the rocks to go and see them. Yeah, and Fezzik, you would know that they were hiding kind of in a shaded spot, you know, place where the you know, a lot of sunlight's not going to get to them. You know, you didn't see any place that they could retreat to very easily, but they are well shaded where they are. Hmm. I don't know if we want to proceed that way, proceed with caution. Uh, you want me to go and jump them? Yeah, roll perception quick while you're doing that. Who, us? Anyone, actually, based on this conversation. 26. 
All right. With a 26, nobody else needs to roll. Stanton, you as a ranger with your, you know, years and years of experience, you know, if there's three kobolds up in that hill, there's a hundred somewhere very nearby that they, they usually use strength in numbers. And I explained to the group that basically we are probably about to walk into a kobold, a kobold ambush. So well, you want me to go ahead and go up in the rocks and jump them? Uh, I didn't say that. I just, you know, I, I, I think if we're trying to, if we're trying to uh, catch up to Marcus, one, one of several things may happen. Marcus may have already been caught up, if you know what I mean. Uh, or that we're going to have to figure a way to go around these cobalts and see if we can find out where Marcus is. Or we may not want to linger here much longer and may find and may back out altogether and find another way to approach this because the longer we sit here the more likely that some cobalt with two brain cells that can be rubbed together will figure out that those three need to be replaced and more quiet more attentive soldiers need to be patrolling the road and they'll find us no matter how quiet we are how far down the path were they they were probably about 50 yards down, you know, 30 or 40 feet kind of up the hill. But, you know, they were in this rocky recess that was shaded by, you know, there's more of a cliff face behind them. Uh, but that being said, you by that sim- my, my simple math angles, at some point, the, our friend the giant here is going to be spotted way before the rest of us are. Uh, I, just, I was thinking I might be able to get a more accurate count if I can get a little closer. Go smaller? I will release my wild shape so that I can go back to Corin form. Do we have any sense, either from what you've spotted before the Cobalt saw you, or from Thandor's offering to Jord, if we are even going in the right direction to aid Marcus? So Phil kind of seems to be standing over you all, watching this very intently. I don't see any evidence of him. Let's do this. Um, Stanton, you're a ranger, right? Yes, I am. All right. You obviously know Cobalt a little bit better than us. So why don't you and I sneak up to just before we're visible to the Cobalt's up the cliff? Since I know roughly where they are, I can bring him up with me just in case I get in a little bit of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, I can get us an accurate count of all the Cobalt's within essentially a 120 foot sphere uh, and see what we're walking into. Let's, let's do that before we do anything else. Uh, just because I know how I've been rolling tonight, I am going to go ahead and cast Pass Without Trace. Yay, there you go. Uh, that will plus 10. Yep. Oh. Everyone, I assume you I assume you grant it to everyone in the party. I, well, everybody who's within twenty feet of me, which in this case would just be Stanton, or thirty feet of me, so it'd be Stanton who's walking with me. Uh, everybody else is staying at the entrance to the. Oh, so yeah, like if you walk away, it only it travels it, with you. Is yeah, that it what travels as a bubble with me. All right. Interesting. Okay. All right. All right. Excellent. Um, so I'm going to cast that, and then Stanton's going to come with me, and. Yep. Um, Fezzik's going to be keeping an eye on us so that way if I somehow screw up, trip, fall flat on my face and get Stanton into trouble you can send in the reinforcements, right? Yep. So Fezzik, you know, you know I guess when we think about readying an action, are you, do you have a, a 
bow drawn? What what what, what do you have uh, prepared? What does Fezzik have, or what does Stanton have? Fezzik, uh, Fezzik, you know Stanton. You're I, with him. Uh, I'll pull my I'll pull my longbow out, and I'll have it ready. Okay. So all right, Stanton and yeah, Corin. It sounds like you're ready. You may proceed up. Roll some, uh, I guess. Yeah, you know, just stealth, straight old stealth. Thirty-three. Okay, so we know it's not Stanton that gave away the party. Twenty-three. That's actually pretty good too. But yeah, you guys make it up to where you think of the edge of it is. How do you want to look over in? I don't. So I, I'm in gnome form. So I'm going to go down and do my um, tremor sense and go into an intense study of the surrounding area. That, that boosts my range to 60 feet in all directions. Nice. So yeah, I guess you do your thing. Um, yep. Roll at advantage, I assume, with perception. Yep. <laughs> Those 60 feet. All right, so uh, so that's a twenty-one and a. I'll take the twenty-one. Oh yeah. You hear as much as you feel in this situation. There's a lot of whispered curtness, I guess, is how you would describe it. And where it's just one creature snapping at another in their own language, and you know. It, maybe trying to quiet themselves down or, you know, they're arguing about something clearly. The other thing you feel is it's not footsteps. It's almost as if two of them are wrestling. Okay. Do I have a rough count, like, between three and five, or...? Three, you, know, you know from Fezzik that it's three in this, at least this particular hidey hole, and there don't appear to feel you know, anybody else at least within the 60 feet radius okay. that you have. So I'm just going to like sign to Fezzik that there are three and then point right at where they are. Or sorry, Stan, you're, 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 you're sign to Stanton. Stan. And then I hold it up high enough that if, if Fezzik is looking at me carefully, she can see or he can see the, the signal for three. Um, but if, if if it can't if he can't see it from that far away, I'm not going to stress too much about it because I'm with I've got Stanton like by the sleeve. Um, are we at an angle where, based upon where we are, we can attack down and whatever whatever our post is, or are we basically on the over, you know, in the shade or the Overwatch? So all we can do is sense them. Yeah, it's you're you're currently a little bit below that. You have two choices. You could walk straight up and look over down in or you could you know climb a little bit and that you would be over and you could then see down in and, and possibly attack from above all right from where we are right now can i see anything else in the terrain do i get a sense of or let's say am i looking for more than three cobalts in our neighborhood yeah roll roll perception i guess to see you know you glance around and at the other hills you know because as you come through this natural you know formation there, there's all kinds of hills and rocky places that things could be hiding. 18? 18. So with an 18, yeah, you you, you bought some things that you think could be hidey holes for more. This is probably, to your experience, the advance guard you know, that's here to, you know, like give a little whistle. <laughs> and they may have screwed their job up. Um, but, you know, you don't think that they're necessarily alone, but they're definitely isolated. I move quietly next to Corn and say these three are the tripwire and there's some other possible 
guard posts further down the trail. We're not alone. Does this mean I get to have a little bit of fun? Just a little bit. I promise not to be too disrespectful to the area. You can have as much fun as you want because I understand that we'll have to clean up afterwards. Okay. Uh, I'm going to like face Fezzik and just kind of motion for them to come forward. All right, guys, let's go. Now, they don't have the bubble. They have to roll for stealth. Yep. That, no, that's fine. That's fine. I, um, I want to know how Phil's going to make it through stealth because Phil's the thing. I don't, I don't care because it's not going to matter that Phil's going to be on stealth. Okay. So as they're doing this, I am going to cast uh, Earth Tremor. Oh my, there we go. Um, right near the entrances to- Like the hidey hole? <laughs> to the hidey holes, exactly. Okay, so the one right, you know, so right where you're at, you know, just, yep. it's a little bit above you, so you're not afraid of things coming down on you. <laughs> He's not. He's not going to see anything coming down on him. So he's not, of course he's not afraid. Right. Well. <laughs> okay. So yeah, you cast Earth Tremor, and um, yeah, I guess roll a performance check just to see how how that how that does. Oh great, negative two on performance. This should be interesting. I have confidence <laughs> in you. Zero. A, a yeah, zero. Actually, you can you can you can aid him. So yeah, well, uh, yes. roll twice, please. <laughs> Hobbit luck. <laughs> I got an eight. Goes a little sideways on you. It, 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 you, know, you can feel rocks sliding a little bit here, a little bit there. But Stanton, as you and Corin are standing there, you see all three, you know, kobolds come over the end, the lip of their little hideout. You hear, yeah, Malak, move, move. So each of them needs to roll a, a, a deck save DC 14. All right, so two of them failed, one of them succeeded. How much damage did they take? So they are going to take five damage. So two of them, you know, take a, a severe amount of damage. The one that had been yelling, um, you know, he kind of stops and he's like, he's like, please don't kill. And, you know, he tells the other two that like, you know, it's some, something in their language and they kind of just stop in their tracks. And, you know, they're looking at, at uh, you and uh, Corin Stanton. <laughs> And, yeah, they you can see them also all three drop their slings. Now it's time for our Dungeon Master Minute. And here's your Dungeon Master, Dave. One sign of a good leader is to be able to get creative when faced with constraints. I know you know, one time I was part of a committee where we were charged with doing something fun for St. Patrick's Day. And well, we didn't have much of a budget. So, you know, we thought and thought and thought about it. And we figured, hey, what's more fun than a St. Patrick's Day parade? But instead of actually having people participate in the parade, because you can't do it in the work office, we had them you know, put up little floats with pictures and decorations for their family. So get creative. Leaders and Legacies is a 5e podcast that is unaffiliated with the Boy Scouts of America or Wizards of the Coast. The opinions expressed here are solely our own. 
If you've enjoyed what you've heard here at Leaders and Legacies, please consider becoming a patron by joining us at patreon.com slash leadersandlegacies. You can also follow us on Twitter at Leaders and Legacy or join our blog at leadersandlegacies.com. Music and sound effects are licensed from soundstripe.com. Logo art by Katherine Evans. Images also may have been licensed from shutterstock.com. And never forget to remember, you're not woo-hoo!